When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show, podcast edition. It's the Penn State Week. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Go subscribe, auburnlive.com, seven-day free trial. If you're not a part of the community, go be a part of it. Uh, Jeffrey Lee and, and uh, Keith Niebuhr with us. Cole Pinkston will be joining us periodically. We'll record this on Thursday morning. Let's just start with the big news. Um, Adam Hopkins commits to Auburn. What are the thoughts from the recruiting experts on, uh, on Adam Hopkins and what he's all about? I had to have him. After yesterday, had to have him. Yesterday being Carmelo English, the number one wide receiver in Alabama, decommitting from Auburn. Kind of a shock. At least it was to me, Keith. And uh, – so getting Adam Hopkins immediately thereafter was a nice band-aid, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, they, you know, Carmelo English had been committed to Auburn since July 4th. And I think that, um, I mean, if anybody saw that coming, we certainly weren't tipped off his decommit mm. on Wednesday. So that was kind of shocking. And, you know, it's, yeah, perception-wise, Justin and Jeffrey, you know, it just looks bad, Penn State. Right. Big week. It's supposed to be a huge game, huge recruiting week, and then you lose your highest-rated commitment just a few days before the game. Um, so to come back a day later and, and land the number one receiver in the state of Georgia, talented player, also from South Georgia, an area that Auburn – like, I think we could all agree, that's an area we've all thought that Auburn should do well and should do better in historically. Like, they've gotten guys there, but – it's always seemed to have been Georgia territory or FSU territory. It feels like Auburn really could get down there and, and do better. And I, and I know they've gotten guys through there, there through the years, but, uh, but just better is what I would think they could do. And so this is significant. He's at Thomasville's Thomas County Central. Uh, well-known high school, Charlie Ward played there. Charlie Ward was at his game a couple weeks ago that I was at and talked to him for a good 10 minutes after the game about FSU. So – I don't know how hard FSU was recruiting him, but I do know that Charlie Ward was recruiting him pretty hard. Uh, so significant pickup, you know, again, number one receiver in the state of Georgia, which historically has had a lot of great receivers, quite frankly. Uh, and so that's a positive and it just gets everybody to sort of forget about yesterday, Justin. I think that's the most important thing. And, and, and the guy can play. I mean, can he, I mean, look, we don't know whether we'll know in three years, whether he's a good player or not, but you know, on paper, it looks like a great pickup. And he's very similar physically to Carmelo English, oh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Matter of fact, when Auburn had Carmelo committed and we're going after Adam Hopkins, I was told they were very similar. They could play inside, they could play outside. So you've got at least physically a replacement for the decommitment yesterday. I, I guess, Justin, the question is, you know, Auburn was – look, they had two commitments at receiver yesterday. This would have been number three among receivers. So we know they would still take three. So now who becomes – the guy, because uh, quite frankly, I, I, I had some communication with Carmelo English yesterday, and I'm not super optimistic about Auburn's chances <laughs> of getting him back in the class. I mean, now he may have just been fooling around. I mean, I don't know who knows, right? And one day you're not high on a school, 
and two weeks later, they're, you're, you're in again. I mean, so things change rapidly in recruiting. Justin, you were smiling, you were laughing, about, but we all know, we've all seen yeah. guys visit a school, tell everybody that that school's their, their school, and then a day later commit somewhere else. And, well, I'm also thinking about, I saw him, I saw Carmelo English tweet something out about the hate is real. It's like, so I'm sure he got a, a lot of backlash, which is a lot yes. in this day and age. So I wondered, I just, when you said that, you know, whether or not he might, you know, Auburn was still in the fold, that just kind of, I don't know if the fans sort of took care of that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's always, yeah, but you know, sometimes you get over things too. Uh, fans yeah. get over things. And, and uh, I mean, there've been guys through the last, the last several years that seemed like they were just toying with Auburn. And the fans would just really crush these guys. And then, lo and behold, they end up committing to Auburn. And I'll tell you, one guy was Zacoby McClain. His recruitment was all over the board. He was going to commit. He wasn't going to commit. He was visiting other places. And, and you didn't know what he was going to do. But Auburn felt pretty good the whole time. And he ended up going to Auburn. But he was catching a lot of grief from people, especially on the message board. So, uh, I don't know if he was reading them. But, uh, yeah, Carmelo seemed to be taking it all in stride yesterday. But, yeah, it can get a little hateful out there. And, I wish people weren't like that, but uh, they are. And, uh, you know, these guys are still kids. And hey, Justin, before you came, Keith and I were talking, I think the most interesting thing to me will be where he ends up. Because we haven't heard of any business. We hadn't heard that he was even contemplating decommitting. decommitting. Uh, now, Carmelo is very quiet. I mean, dude, it was hard to get interviews with him. While he was committed, before he was committed, you show up to his practice, and it was still tough. Um, so, Curious to see where he ends up if he uh, if he quickly makes another commitment. I mean, we know Bama has kind of communicated with him a little bit, and before he committed to Auburn, what Jeffrey it was Kentucky and, and Michigan were his other official yeah, visits. I believe. Yeah, Kentucky um, guys seem yeah. to think. Yeah, I saw them. They, they they seem to maybe I guess think that that they were in the running for him. Maybe Kentucky's an option. You see that? Okay. Yeah, see that? They're. Kentucky's throw. Remember, they were just an exclusively a running team just a couple of years ago. Now they've got a QB. They're throwing the ball and just coming off that big win. And look, Kentucky—they've been kind of a force on the recruiting trail about the last three, four cycles, really. And uh, but but still, this guy's in Central Phoenix City at Central Phoenix City, right down the road. It's um, yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a head scratcher. So how would you how would you sum up the last two days? I mean, from somebody that is following afar and they see receiver decommit, receiver commit. Yes. Um, how, how do you, is it, is it, I mean, Auburn, I mean, I don't know. How, how would you sum it up without being, you know, if they're trying to figure out, is it good, bad? Am I, am I okay with what just happened the last two days? Like what's, what's sort of the summation? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you ask me or Jeffrey? I could either one, either yeah, one. Take it, Keith. Keith is, uh, Give give us the uh, the negative look there, neighbor. Yeah, thanks. Well, I mean, look, I mean, that's your top rated commitment and uh, in state guy. So, I mean, those are two big negatives: top rated commitment, in state guy, really strong in state class this year, and that was the highest rated in state guy. Well, obviously, if he was your highest rated commitment, it stands to reason he'd be your highest rated in state commitment. So now Auburn's got one commitment inside the top fifteen in the state, of Alabama. So those are some negatives, and, and then you know also. Um, once the once he decommitted the the kind of all of a sudden everybody's got a source on the thing. Well, they didn't have room. Uh, his grades are terrible, and, and and I don't think that's a good look either. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you just gotta, as a fan, you just say, "Hey, 
you know, he, he doesn't want to be here. That's fine. We're going to get another guy. It's Auburn, and that's the way I look at it too. So, but the big negative, obviously, the ranking, and then the in-state guy. Uh, yeah. receiver, receiver position. I mean, they got plenty of receivers. I mean, it's a position you really want to upgrade. But do we know that he would have been an upgrade over the guys currently on the roster? We don't know that. You I know. think it's more about perception. Correct. You 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 lost the number one wide receiver in Alabama. You gained the number one wide receiver in Georgia. Uh, but but to me, the biggest takeaway from it was that. He committed to Auburn largely because of Ike Hilliard. And I remember he came for an official visit, unofficial visit, back in the spring right after Hilliard had been hired, and he was blown away. It was the one interview that I, uh, I got of him at leaving the visit that he was very, uh, he, he was he was very uh, honest and talkative, and he went on and on about Ike Hilliard. And to me, I thought, well, as long as Ike Hilliard is here, this kid's not going anywhere. And that's what we kind of say about Cadillac and Jer- uh, Jeremiah Cobb. And I don't mean anything by that other than the, the relationships there. As long as Cadillac is here, I don't see Jeremiah Cobb going anywhere. But I said the same thing about Ike Hilliard and Carmelo English. So it was, uh, for me, it, it's perception. Like I, like he said, I don't know if any of these kids are going to be any good. But it looks bad the week of the Penn State you're, you're, you're building up. And then this kid comes out of nowhere and uh, decommits. So they're Auburn, Auburn's up to... I think I'm counting this right. They're 16th in average uh, rating. I think one, two. I think they're about 16th in average rating. They're they're further down in total, 36 because of the sheer number of uh, commits. Still only eight, but average wise, they're you know they're still they're still doing well. Um, how big is this weekend? I saw Darren Usher tweet out you know how big it was, and I think we were all like, it's huge. Obviously, Auburn doesn't have to win the game. We all know that recruiting. If the atmosphere is awesome. That that's the most important. All these kids think they're going to come in and turn it around anyway. So a win and loss is not as big a deal as just the atmosphere, which should be cool. But I mean, given the layout, the landscape of where everything is, like pretty freaking big weekend, right? It's the biggest recruiting weekend since, would you say Iron Bowl last year, Keith? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, obviously, because you know, that Big Cat weekend isn't what it used to be. Right, right. And, and quite frankly, spring games aren't what they used to be either. Uh, that's true, too. So not just at Auburn. We're not picking on Auburn here. That's just kind of the way it is. But, no, I, I agree with Jeffrey. I mean, there's just so many, so much talent there. You know, and these kids, I, I would agree with you, Justin, that, you know, winning the game obviously would be huge. But if you lose it, it's not the end of the world as long as everything else goes well. However, if it begins a string of losses – that lead to more negative chatter about the stability or instability thereof of a, of a coaching staff. That's where it really, it, it hurts you. So if you're Auburn, you're, you're praying for a win here because you want to avoid that as much as anything, but yeah, you're right. The atmosphere. I mean, uh, you know, even last week with, you know, San Jose state, you're thinking, Oh my God, the recruits must've hated it. Well, we talked to a bunch of recruits and they liked it. Hmm. One of them said, Hey, I don't, I don't like blowouts. I don't care who they're playing. I want to see a close game. And, you know, I mean, the fans don't want to see a close game against San Jose State, but uh, but the atmosphere was good. And, they, and so far, the atmosphere has been impressive in two games against, you know, kind of lower-tiered opponents. So what's it going to be like this weekend? So if recruits have been impressed by that, then you know they're going to be impressed by what they see this weekend. The challenge, and Jeffrey and I have talked about this, Justin, and you know this from your years of covering recruiting, is that now you're going to have so many guys at this game, and, and granted, recruiting staffs are larger than ever, but You've got to you've got to be real. I don't know if judicious or what, what's the word I'm looking for. You've got to really be careful and smart about how you you spend your time 
four hours to kick off through after the game. I mean, some kids always leave. So there's, it, it never fails. There's a four-star kid that leaves Auburn or any other places too that didn't feel like they got enough time or attention or love from the coaching staff. That's a real challenge for a staff. staff. It's a great challenge to have, though. There's no doubt about it. You'd rather have that than nobody there. But it's a challenge nonetheless. But Jeffrey's been putting a, doing a masterful job of putting together the list this week, and it is absolutely loaded with guys, uncommitted, uncommitted targets, targets committed to other schools, young guys. You've got to have the young guys. You know, you don't want to be behind the eight ball next year. So they've really got uh, – a lot of eggs into this basket, and, and it looks like it's going to be a, a – I mean, you got to tip your hat. They've, they've done a good job of building this up and making sure kids knew about this a long time in advance. In fact, and Jeff, I know you're trying to talk here, but that's been one critique sometimes of the staff that maybe sometimes they waited a little too long to invite people, like year one with Big Cat Weekend. But they didn't this time, I can tell you that. These kids have been talking about this game for months and months and months. And the staff has been talking to them about it. So they're, they're all aware of it. They've been aware of it for a long time. And now most of their big targets are going to be at this game. To me, Justin, it's, it's all about the, uh, the, the two uh, lines, offensive line, defensive line, and Auburn has made both of those, guys, uh, both of those positions priorities. Uh, all of the Alabama commitments, the LSU commitments, Penn State commitments, Ohio State commitments, Georgia commitments, they're all coming. Or, you know, not all of them, but all of ta- Auburn's top targets. seems like they're, they're going to be able to get them to the game. To me, the offensive line group <clears throat> is one of the best I've seen, I, maybe even better than the off, uh, offensive line group that showed up at the uh, Iron Bowl. I'd have to go back and look at that uh, the list. But it'd be tough to beat four-star D.J. Chester, four-star Rockwest McElderry. Uh, four-star Bo Hughley, four-star Kelton Smith. And you're talking about Kelton Smith, Georgia commitment. Bo Hughley, Georgia commitment. McElderry, Alabama commitment. Then you've got uh, Janoris Wilson coming up for an, uh, for an official visit. You've got uh, Paul Mubinga, LSU commitment, coming over from Buford, uh, Georgia. Lots of big offensive linemen, which we all know how big that is for Auburn in this class. And then the defensive line, you, I'm going to work my way up here. Joshua Horton, North Carolina commitment. Darren Reed, Penn's uh, LSU commitment. Who am I forgetting? Oh, Jer- backing up on the defense, Jaden Osbury's coming back for his second game, Notre Dame commitment. Then you've got the two five-stars coming back from Montgomery uh, who were here. So this is basically the third home game in a row. Auburn's got five-stars in attendance. You had, well, who was the, uh, Tony Mitchell last week, Alabama commitment. So we knew that Auburn was going to have to flip guys t- to fill out their class with elite guys if that's what they were going to do. And getting these guys committed to other schools, I thought, I, I think it's absolutely huge for Auburn. Jelani Thurman is coming from Ohio State. Colton Hood is coming from Michigan State. A lot of other commitments coming to this game. Yeah, I don't think people realize, just listening to y'all talk about the amount of kids that are going to be there, I don't think people realize on a big recruiting weekend like this, the work that goes in from the staff like the two hours before the game. I mean, when this many kids are there, they're not just in the lounge down there, like going over their game. They're having to meet with these kids and like talk to them before the game and see them on the field and after the game. I mean, it's a, a, a weekend this big. It's it's about the game, but man, they're, it becomes an insanely hectic and dialed in day for those coaches to, to talk to some of these kids, see, say hello, before the game when you know they'd rather sit there be studying the game the game plan more and then after the game same thing so it's a I mean it's a it's one of those days where you earn your money if you're if you're anybody on this coaching staff 
Keith did a really good job but inside on inside the twenty, I believe it was on Wednesday, talking about the the two hours before the game, Keith. And these guys the game plan's in, right, Keith? Yeah, the game plan. Yeah. Better be. They're not scribbling plays down Friday night and saying, "Hey, you know, we if you, if maybe we should do the throwback pass." To the, I mean, you know, what I mean? they don't. Uh, they don't. A lot of people don't quite get that, but yeah. Maybe pass, but <clears throat> I never forget. I was, uh, and I always, I people get mad because I always talk about Florida, but that's that's my only other frame of reference. That's the only other program I've ever covered. But there was a Thanksgiving week, and I was just driving through campus the Friday before the Florida Florida State game, and campus is empty, and who do I see walking? Urban Meyer walking on campus about a mile and a half from the stadium. I honked the horn, scared the crap out of me, jumped up in the air, and then he saw it was me and he waved. Well, anyway, so I posted that on a message board, and people were going crazy. Why isn't he in the office working? Why isn't he, why isn't he designing plays and getting, you know, watching film? I'm like, they've been studying FSU for three months, guys, okay? They don't, at that point, the hay's in the barn. But, yeah, what was your original point, Jeff? I'm sorry. Uh, let me ask you this. Did, yeah. did, did Florida beat Florida State the next day? No, they lost. They lost. Oh, shit. Okay, then it's warranted. <laughs> no, you know, here's the other thing that we're not talking about. There are a few other big games in the SEC this weekend. So it's not like this is the only game in town. First of all, Auburn's unranked, guys. And Penn State is not in the top ten, okay? This isn't Ohio State coming to town, with all due respect to Penn State. So it is a marquee matchup. In the, but it's not a matchup of two ranked teams, of two highly ranked teams. I mean, South Carolina's playing host to Georgia at noon this weekend. Well, South Carolina's kind of an up-and-coming uh, program, people think. Georgia's maybe the best team in the country. <clears throat> so that's a game that recruits could go to. I believe LSU is playing host to Mississippi State on Saturday night. And then also Miami, Miami at Texas Miami, A&M. At Miami at Texas A&M. So there, there was competition. It's not just like, oh, well, Obviously, it's Auburn-Penn State. Well, yeah, for, for people that cover Auburn and people went to Auburn and Auburn fans and Penn State fans, of course. Of course, this is the only thing we're thinking about. But to recruit, there are options, okay? So even if you live in Atlanta, it's not a no-brainer to go to Auburn because Georgia, uh, it's not, that may be your one chance to go to South Carolina and see the number one team there. So, you know, the fact that Auburn, it, it still takes work, obviously. Anyway, people get tired of us just patting them on the back all the time, and they're looking at the class and saying, hey, eight commitments, guys, number 36 ranking. We get that. We get that. Look, it should be better. I don't think there's any question about that. Have there been challenges? Yes. But it should be a better class, and, and you know, hopefully for Auburn's sake, it will get better, and I predict it will. But the truth is it's still a challenge to get guys to your games, no matter where you're you – know, even, even if this was a battle of two top ten teams – You'd still have that number one team playing over. I guess Georgia's number one in some polls, right? You'd still have Georgia over at South Carolina. You still got LSU and Mississippi. Well, all the kids in Mississippi and Louisiana, where do you think they're going? And, and you know, Auburn recruits those kids too. So, uh, you know, and Jeffrey, you've been talking about one, Kai Preen, a four-star receiver uh, from Louisiana that's committed to LSU. Now Auburn's trying to get him in this weekend, but LSU's got a big game. So, you know, there, there's a lot of challenges here. It's not just telling everybody you got a game and they all show up. It doesn't work that way. You got to give them a reason to go more than just, Hey, it's Auburn versus Penn state. Yeah, it's going to be uh it should be a good atmosphere. The only negative I was thinking about was I was at the game. I mean, you guys were there last week and um, what, what Auburn, here's what Auburn doesn't need. <laughs> Auburn doesn't need a bad start in the first quarter and it be the quarterback's fault Ooh. and to hear some, you know, some grumbling Ab- and some boo birds. Absolutely. You heard a little bit of that right off the bat at San Jose State. At Penn State, it will definitely happen if you get down 10 nothing 
And uh, that's probably the only like worst case scenario. Worst case scenario on yeah on Auburn's opening drive, Finley or whoever who, whoever's playing quarterback throws an interception. Yeah. I don't think it hurt Texas any now the granted they were playing the team that was number one, or I guess I'm getting confused because Alabama's still number one in some polls and Georgia's yeah, I can't remember. Team coaches are still yeah, but, but it didn't hurt. Any, I don't think it hurt Texas at all last week to lose by one. Now, obviously, they wanted to win that game, but did you guys see that atmosphere? Holy cow! Yeah. I mean, insanity. So if Auburn can can uh, put something together like that, and and obviously we know it can. I've been to enough Iron Bowls and, <laughs> and Deep South's oldest rivalries to know that there ain't nothing like Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, during a big game there there really isn't I mean it's it's incredible so uh, again but you know put together a great atmosphere make sure you're uh, smart with your time hosting all these recruits and giving them all as much love as possible and Jeffrey and I talked about this uh, Je- um, Justin you know this the the recruiting experts on the staff they have sheets that list recruits with photos and prioritizing them so they know they know where to put their attention uh, the student section has been uh, great really this year uh, yeah. I think, right and and they'll be great saturday they're right there where the recruits are i mean it, it really is a great opportunity and, and again it's a lot of kids that this may be their first game at auburn and it's a big game and so they're going to see what playing in that atmosphere would be like what could it be like for me next year or the year after should i go to this school and auburn's good for about two or three of these massive home games a year you know we don't we look at the schedule this year and we're like well no bama or georgia well you got penn state and now you got Arkansas, which, by the way, if they get by some of these teams coming up, including BYU, <laughs> you know, could be a top five team by the time Absolutely. They, they get to Auburn. I mean, we don't know. They could go in the opposite direction, too. But there could be LSU coming in a couple of weeks. We knew LSU wasn't going to look, look like they did in week one every week. And so there are some big games. But this is the big one right now. And I, I think it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. The energy inside that stadium can really be something. Um, and, and so that's all this Auburn's big chance to impress guys. And, you know, you just hope that the team can put it together on the field as well. Then Auburn can get the double bang for the buck there. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And uh, all three of us, yeah, you, you, both of you said, Hey, you, you don't really have to win. You just have to not look like a bunch of idiots and have that atmosphere. Right. And I even said the same thing yesterday on inside the 20 with Keith. And the more I think about it, sitting here in the past 10 minutes, I'm going, man, you know, the problem with Auburn's recruiting, they've only, they only have eight commitments. Why? Is because a lot of these kids are worried about the stability of the staff. Yeah. And the negative recruiting from other staffs, which you can't blame them, man. It's fair game, right? Man, I, I almost want to say Auburn might need to win this game just to, just to quell any of the, the rumors, the negative recruiting. Because imagine Auburn loses Penn State. Looked, <laughs> perception-wise, last week, not too good against Kent San Jose State. And now those those rumors have some some legs for this year. Yeah, that's it's, fair. It, 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 it's it's you you need a win. Yeah, and I, and I mentioned that earlier. I said basically, if it was just this one game, a loss doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But but right. if but in all, you know, in other words, if they lose this game, but then come back and beat Missouri and LSU and look good down the stretch, it might not matter. It only really kills you if it leads to. Uh, if the if the noise starts growing because you know Missouri next week on paper looks like hey that's probably a win but are they going to play as bad you know in the future as they did last week we don't know that after that LSU is going to come in here and and as bad as they looked in week one we know they're going to get better they got a first year coach then after that you got the very next game Georgia on the road okay tough place to play 
If you lose that game, and maybe they win, I don't know. It doesn't seem likely at this point, but if you win that game, or if you lose that game, the next week you got to lick your chops and go pick yourself up off the ground and go to Ole Miss. Okay, so the challenges don't get any easier. So every win you get right now basically keeps that negative noise from entering the conversation for at least another week. Yeah, that's yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's um, you forget kind of what what how precarious a situation Auburn football as a program and Brian Harson are in. I mean, and, and you're right. It is a it is a must win. It's not a normal. It's not a normal situation where, where you can just have a great atmosphere. There's not enough time. Right, short term. To, to make it happen. And, and, and you're right. If, if Auburn, let's put it this way, if they're four and three going into that bye week, which would mean, like, let's say that's, let's say that's losses to Penn State, LSU, and Georgia, or Penn State, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Like, I think that if they're four and three, which means a loss at home, one of these losses at home, I think there's going into a bye week, I think there's going to be – that's a bunch of me a long two weeks. I'll say that. Hmm. I, I don't want to be four and three going into a bye week if I'm Brian Harson. I'm just and, saying. And Justin, that. and Justin, who do you play coming off that bye week? Isn't that the Arkansas game at home? Arkansas. Yeah, I'm, I'm more talking about just the state of the program. Oh no, I understand. I understand. Like if if you're four and three, um, we're going to be talking about do they just pull the trigger? I'm just telling you, like that's what's going to happen. That's going to be a discussion if they're four and three. Now I don't know if anything will happen, but that but I think the more I think about it, that they can't afford they can't afford to lose this game. They can't afford home losses, really. They I just, agree. Because you, you're coming back with Arkansas at home, you're going to Mississippi State, you've got A and M at home, and you've got Alabama on the road. And hell, at that point, if you're four and three, Western Kentucky sure ain't no, you know, cupcake. Well, and also look, these guys, these kids on the team, yeah, they're getting paid now. All right. Well, first of all, they've been getting the cost of attendance check for a few years, but now they've got this NIL stuff. But they're, they're humans as well. I mean, yes, they want to put they want they want to put everything into Auburn football, but human nature says if you're four and three, four and four, maybe you're not quite as focused as if you were seven and one. That's just human nature. So there's a lot of things in play here. So every, every game is so significant. There's no question about it. I mean, Scott Frost, what he just he lost two close games, right? Now, he, he's been sitting on the fence for a while here, but, you know, he lost. They could have easily beaten Northwestern, correct, in that first game? Yeah. And then, and then they just lost to Georgia Southern on a late, pretty lengthy field goal. You win those games and, uh, you know, 3-0 and going into Oklahoma week. Yeah, and they, they, yeah, and they cost themselves – they could have waited uh, yeah. two weeks and saved themselves $7.5 million, and they were like, nope. Yeah, they must really not like We're going to pay $7.5 million to just go ahead and do it now. And they, are, they wanted to win that race to Urban? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but yeah. If, you're Urban, if you're Urban, don't you kind of – I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and knock Nebraska. I actually hear it's an amazing place. But if, if you're Urban and you want to get back in, don't you wait a little bit? Don't you wait a while to see what else – because you're saying, well, who's going to get fired? Well, okay, but you can't just look at it that way. Sometimes guys just up and quit. You know how Urban Meyer knows that? Because he was one of those guys, okay? Yeah. Sometimes a guy leaves for the NFL. Sometimes a guy, a domino effect happens. You know what I mean? And you just don't know. Um, I will say that I think the Nebraska job, and we're getting off track, but the Nebraska job is, is I think, underappreciated from the NIL standpoint. Like, it, it has lost some allure as a program. We get that. But with NIL, 
and the fan support for that that place is sold out sold out every Saturday. Doesn't even matter who it is. Doesn't matter the record. Like I, that's a place where NIL should just go bonkers. It is definitely an unbelievable fan base. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you get the right coach in there with that fan base and NIL, and I don't understand why you couldn't um, couldn't kill it. But um, all right, hey, before we move on to the game this weekend, we're, we talked about the rundown of the recruits. Anybody on? I'm sure if, if you want to hold this for the war room, yeah. don't, don't answer the question. Commits? Any any possibility this weekend, or is this is this just a big weekend to make impressions? I think it, I think there's definitely some uh, possibilities for commitments, and I would say Tyler Scott, and, and not immediately like I'm leaving the stadium. I'm committed. I'm talking about in the next week or two following the game. Hey, I had a great time. I'm going to set my announcement commitment or my com- commitment announcement for September 23rd. Uh, I think in the, I, I think Keith and I actually talked Tyler Scott. Uh, Janoris Wilson is another to watch, although Chad has said he might take another visit, but it sounds like he's getting ready to do that. Um, Hark, uh, Jamar Harkle, he's not visiting, but he could he could certainly visit. But those two guys right there, Justin, Janoris Wilson, Tyler Scott, I think I would I would guess that they both commit sometime in the next two weeks following this game, unless things go south badly, and I don't expect them to. Keith, you got anybody else? Oh, gosh, you know, that, I think those are the main guys. I mean, I guess somebody to watch. Well, yeah, no, I think those are the main ones. I was going to say Colton Hood, but one, he, yeah. he's a DB committed to Michigan State. However, he just committed to Michigan State, so even if Auburn's going to get him, it probably is going to take a while. Maybe late, yeah. Yeah, they got to push all that. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think those would be the guys. I, You know, maybe there's always a chance there's a young guy, a 20, year old guy. I don't have time for those guys right now. Let me tell you something. The statistics show the readers don't have time for those guys either because those stories get a hell of a lot less uh, page views than stories about the current class. That's always been the case. Okay. Good. <laughs> so monster recruiting weekend for a lot of reasons. Uh, let's talk about the game a little bit. Um, I, I, it seems to me like both teams are going to be very similar from last year. I mean, there's a few personnel losses, but all in all, it, 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 it's pretty similar. Um, I, the hardest thing is, man, I've been asked all week on radio, people are trying to figure out what to expect. I, I cannot answer what in the world to expect from Auburn's offense. Like, I, I don't – do I think schematically there will be things differently? Yes. There will be – whether it's tall sweep, screen game, like there will be things that we see that they haven't really broken out. But executing, it's a whole different thing. And I yeah. just I just don't know what to expect from that group. I don't have a lot of faith right now in not just the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks is all the attention. Like, to me, I think the receivers are a big question mark, too, in terms of their ability to create separation and be playmakers. Uh, they're not doing a whole lot to help the guys out at quarterback to me. Like, that's both, both those groups need to step up to me. Um, and I think it's going to be completely on – on the offensive side of the ball, I think the defense will dial the pressure up. They're not going to do what they did last year. They shouldn't anyway. <laughs> but right. they'll do that. The crowd will be great, and it's going to be on the offense to make plays. And I honestly I have no clue. They might come out and hit some passes and look great. They, it might look like San Jose State all over again. I, I have, I have, I have no clue other than I think the defense will be in there. I think the crowd will be there, and they'll keep them in the ball game but I don't know what to expect from the offense. Does anybody have any faith that this offense is going to come out and score 24? Man. Yeah, I don't. That's why the defense is going to – not to say they can't, but I don't 
I don't have faith or lack of faith. I'm, I'm like in you. I'm in faith purgatory, really. I'm in between. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so that's why the defense is going to have to do what we keep talking about every week and create some short fields, turnovers, a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, something. Sometimes that's what it takes to win. There's no shame in how you win. You're just trying to win. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter whether the other team outscores you by two, uh, excuse me, uh, out yardages you by you know a couple hundred. It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. You're just trying to find the end zone more than them any, any way you can. But when you look at the offense, I mean, is Auburn better at quarterback than it was when it went into Penn State last year? I don't think so. Are they better at running back? Maybe a little bit better. Maybe a yeah. little bit better. Uh, offensive line? I don't think so. Uh, tight end? The same guys. Uh, but I wouldn't say they have the highest ceiling. So while it's a solid group at tight end, I don't know that they're a lot better than they were last year. Receiver group doesn't look as good as last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and then what are they? What what kind of an offense are they? So far, the best plays on the offense have been, quite frankly, plays uh, out of the legs of Joe. Uh, God, I keep calling him Joey Gatewood, Robbie Ashford. I do this every time. But from the legs of Robbie Ashford, haven't those essentially been the – of Auburn's five best offensive plays, one was that long pass to Javaris Johnson, right? From Robbie Ashford. And then I would say that long run from uh, Damari Alston, who only got one more carry after that. And then yeah. you could argue that maybe the next three best plays this season were all from the legs of, of Robbie Ashford. Yeah, I mean, they had a good run against Mercer coming yeah, up. Yeah, okay. And, and, and TJ's made a few decent throws, and obviously those two big fourth down conversions were huge. Okay, so I'll say out of the top ten offensive plays, how many came from the legs of Robbie Ashford? Maybe half of them. Well, yeah. that's not what the Auburn offense is. It's not a QB running offense. So we don't really know what they're – what they're going to be. We don't, we don't really know yet. They don't have an identity yet. Forget about what system you run. What's the identity right now? Well, we think it's going to be a hard-nosed running team and all that, but we, we don't know yet. We're not there. Uh, so I, we don't know what to expect. Um, they just – it's a – look, could Auburn score a bunch of points this week? Sure, of course they could. But it's a leap of faith based on what the empirical evidence is giving us right now. It really is. Now, that doesn't mean they can't do it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean – Sometimes you score more against uh, Notre Dame than you do against Wofford. That's the way football works. But what is the evidence to suggest if you say, oh, my gut tells me this, my gut tells me that? Well, okay, that could happen, but that, that means you got lucky in your prediction. You know what I mean? What, what is the empirical evidence telling us? And right now it's, it's not telling us a lot. It's not. Or, or, and it's not showing us a lot of uh, big plays. I mean, I know I'm talking in circles here. I'm just trying to put my arms around their offense right now. It's hard. It's hard and, that, I think Justin, is. The yeah. unknown line is on this game. It was minus uh, plus one for Auburn. I don't know if it's changed, Zach. If, I don't know if you see. It opened three, and then it was one. So look, I'd have to look it up. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's outside of that. I mean, one way or the other. I can't well, imagine it's up to pick them, and it's probably not more than three. So, well, that and, and listen, that tells you. How big of, of a home field advantage Jordan Hare is, you know, and, and there might not be a better one out there, quite frankly. And that that's that when you when you and you guys mentioned this earlier. That when you think about whether oh. all what is it? Zach says Penn State minus three. Oh, well, so it's still sticking at three. Okay, well, I was gonna so, say, you're, so you're getting a home field advantage of three, right? That's good. Cole's coming in at the right time. Cole, we're talking about Penn State being a three-point favorite. I think it started – Justin, you said it started like three, three and a half. Went it started to one. Through, open three, and then it was one. I think I think Cole, Cole quoted one from a service on Sunday, but that sounds right, three. I mean, it's, that's all because of Auburn's quarterback. It is. There, people are going, I, 
What's the over-under, Zach? Do you know? I think it's like 47 and a half, maybe, which I would go under. <laughs> Man, you know, the thing we had talked about is, like, you, you, you hope Auburn has kind of been vanilla, right? You hope that's why the yeah. offense has not looked as good as you expect. 47 and a half from Zach. But, uh, well, can I say one thing? Jeffrey, even even if you're vanilla, though, it's blocking and tackling, and you should still be able to – I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like you'd still be able to score more than 24 last week. Well, San Jose State's got a good offense, and, and, and Auburn outscored them. That quarterback is much better than anything Auburn has, or at least anything that I've seen Auburn have this season. That quarterback is good. Cole, you like well, – it came from Hawaii, maybe? Yeah, he was at Hawaii. Can you all hear me okay? Yes, yeah, sir. We got you. Yeah, he was at Hawaii, man. He he had a very prolific career over there, over 3,000 yards passing, over 1,000 yards rushing there. Okay. So, coming in, yeah, I mean, he was a guy that's played a lot of football and, you know, didn't didn't have a lot of help in that first game from the offensive line and all that. He got sacked seven times. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, he was pretty good in the Auburn game. Does anybody remember how many passing yards he had against Auburn? I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay, because this is what we're going to get into, man. I want, I want to I want to get my prize pick in this week. You know, last week, prize picks, our new sponsor for the podcast, we had Tank Beasley, the, the more or less, was 111.5. Um, and he was vastly under that, right? I think he had around 50, yeah. 50 yards rushing. Anyway, anybody not familiar with prize picks, man, it's really cool. It's an app, prize picks, go go up. Download it off your app store. It's real cool, man. It's a, let me read this. It's the simplest form of real money, daily fantasy sports. And it just pits you against the numbers. So it's not you against your friends or anything like that. They basically give you a number, and you take more or less. And you can do two. You can do three, four, five. And it's cool. Last week, we played Tank Bigsby more or less than 111.5. I took the under. <laughs> this week, it's going to concentrate more on the Auburn defense. So it's got the, the more or less on Sean Clifford. And that's why I was asking about the, uh, the San Jose state quarterback, because the more or less on Sean Clifford's passing yardage this week against Auburn is two thirty four and a half. San Jose State's quarterback had two seventy five last week versus Auburn. So, so is Sean Clifford going to have more or less than two thirty five? Hey, and if, if you haven't downloaded prospects, man, it's a fantastic offer right now because they will match up to a hundred dollars. Any money that you deposit into your account, use the promo code war Eagle. There it is on the screen, all caps, one word, War Eagle. Prize picks go play with us. Is uh, they've got the uh, more or less at Sean Clifford at two thirty four point five. Who is um, uh, is Nicholas Singleton the Penn State's best running back? Uh, so, yeah. So more or less, they've only only got him at forty eight and a half. They're not, they're not a phenomenal running team. Yeah. Okay. Three guys pretty often. So. And then I guess Mitchell Tinsley is the best wide receiver. He's the leading receiver. He's a Western Kentucky transfer that I think, you know, Auburn maybe peaked at when he was in the The name court. sounds familiar, yeah. I don't think they went after him hard. No. You peaked at him, you know. Probably, and, somebody probably asked about him. Right, right. Yeah, well, they asked about every receiver. That right. Asked, I think. <laughs> but he, he's at 63 and a half, more or less. So, go join us, man. Go, go download Prize Picks. Get your uh, – use the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word. And start playing more or less with us, man. Last week it was Tank Beasley. We're going to play Sean Clifford, two thirty-four and a half. And I also want to look at this Nicholas Singleton, forty-eight and a half rushing yards, more or less. 
Hmm. I'd go less on Singleton. Okay. I, I, I don't, man, I almost think that Clifford number is like, they picked a good number. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good number. That's hard to say whether it's going to go more or less. If it goes, if, it, if you're 250 plus, that's not great for Auburn. Um, I mean, I just, I think Penn State's more balanced than that. I mean, that's kind of right on probably where they'll be. The thing about last year, though, is Auburn gave up some dumb big plays in the passing game, broken coverages to tight ends um, that, that hopefully don't happen again, um, that accounted for a lot of Clifford's Ooh. yards. So Yeah, it did. That's There's, a hard one, though, because if Auburn does a good job against the run, you got to figure Clifford may throw the ball 35 times. And, um, I mean, he threw the ball 32 last year at home, so – there's about 35 times he could get to 240. Penn State is currently 19th in the country in passing offense, averaging 323 yards per game. Damn. Um, they're a lot lower than that in rushing, obviously. I, the reason I wouldn't go with Singleton, I, I would go under for Singleton on those rushing. What was it, 48? Mm-hmm, 48 and a half. I'd go under because uh, – Less. You go less. Yeah, less. Because they rotate so much and – I think this is more of a game for the other freshman running back, Katron Allen, um, the bigger back, the heavier guy. I think they want to – I think if they're going to run the ball, they, they know they need somebody that can, you know, bust it through the offensive line and get get a few yards is what they're thinking. They may have more success than that against Auburn's front, but probably thinking, hey, this is a better front than we've seen so far. You know, we need the bigger guy here. So that's what I'm thinking. See more of a Sean Jackson type back. Yeah, well, man, he's like, I don't know, like 6'1", 220, something like that. Oh, okay. Freshman out of IMG Academy. He was oh. somebody that Auburn offered last year. I think Auburn offered him. What, and was, his, what was his name? Katron Allen. Yeah. Originally from Norfolk, Virginia, but he was Norfolk. Norfolk, yeah. Norfolk. <laughs> yeah, right. I was thinking Noah Kane from IMG, but he, I think he's a little bit older. Noah Kane, I think, actually ended up – did he end up at LSU? Yeah, he is at LSU now. He was, he, was at one, he was at one time committed to Penn State, I think. Cadillac – maybe at, that was Tim Horton. No, he was at Penn State. He transferred from oh, Penn okay, State. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There you go. Noah's daddy was fun to uh, cover. He was more covering his dad than it was Noah. Yeah, he yeah, probably not – Penn State's got a really solid running backs coach, Jawan Sider, and I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a head coach probably in the next five to seven years. I think he's a guy that's really – he's a top-notch recruiter. He's getting guys there every year. He's, um, he connects great with guys, and he's, he's really seen as a comer in the business. So, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll take the over on Singleton. I'll, I'll go ahead. I, I, know they're, I know they've been rotating backs, but I think um, – I, I could see him getting over that. All it takes is one. What, he, what he's got is he's got a little home run threat to him. So, yeah. uh, you know, all he needs is one run of over 20 yards, and he's halfway there. So, Keith's taking more 40, more than 48 and a half. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have any reason to think so. I think I'm more confident in the, the Sean Clifford more than 234. Oh, uh, yeah. You got more over or less on Singleton. I got Clifford going over as well on that. Clifford, you've got more. Yeah. Cool. And, and somebody put on the board on the corner this morning saying, you know, Jeff Schmetting, please, please get pressure on the quarterback. And, and I agree. I, I'm, I'm hoping that's what he does because uh, Clifford is not 
great under pressure, but if he's got time to throw it, he is very accurate. You have to, right? I mean, this is one of the things that, like, I was, I was cold before you came on, like, when I people have asked about the game. And it's if I feel like it's the one thing – sorry, I just heard a loud noise in the other room. You never know what that is. Um, I feel like there's – I feel like it's, if there's one thing I know about this game, it's going to be that Jeff Schmetting and the Auburn defense are going to dial up pressure and not do what they did last year. Yeah. If they come yeah. out and that scheme looks anything like it did last year, I'm going to be blown away. <laughs> if it's soft coverages. Yeah, but how many points did they give up, though? I mean, it's not well, like yeah, – But listen, listen. They, yeah. they gave up 28, but they gave up 28 completions to Sean Clifford, which he had about – by far, it was 28 of 32. He's okay. not that kind of quarterback. He's I understand. No, I understand that, but also and so they made him look like something that he's not. You go look at his stats last year; that was a complete outlier, complete outlier. And so it's not that he can't potentially throw for a lot of yards. It's twenty-eight of thirty-two it was way too easy to to do. He's not that type of passer. That's what's frustrating. If Auburn gives up two fifty and he's twenty-four of forty-four, that's a different game than. 28 of 32, and, 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 and I mean, there are times where they're dropping back. I remember early in that game, there's three guys rushing. And Clifford's just doing this. Who do I want to throw to? Who do I want to yeah. throw to? Dancing around. That cannot happen. And there's That was frustrating no as hell, wasn't it? Yeah, there's no way that happens again, not at home. And, and I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. But for, first of all, I think they scored – yeah, they scored 28, but weren't they 4-4 four four in the red zone? And I thought that was the bigger issue. Quite yeah, and one was off the Kobe Hudson, dropped the, the end around, gave them – I mean, not gave them, but – you know, yeah. right out of halftime, they tried the trick play. Kobe tried to run it, drop the ball. They score a touchdown. So they had some good field position. Four, four yeah. in the red zone. But, you know, if you're going to dial it up, you better make sure your corners are at the top of their game, right? Yes. And so far, we haven't seen the corner play that we thought. Now, that, look, are these guys capable? I mean, Jalen Simpson hasn't been playing great, but we've seen him play great before. So they're, they're cap- they do seem to be capable, but so far that they, they haven't played to the level we maybe thought that they would play at. It's early season. And, look, I, I give them a little bit of slack. I cut them a little slack against San Jose State because that is what San Jose State does. Their passing game is their, is their running game, too. That is their whole offense. Yeah, they're they invented a, the West Coast offense, basically, at that school. I mean, that's what they do. They're low-level Mississippi State. I mean, they're no, that's what they, they know what they're doing, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I, 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 you know, you're gonna. People are like, well, you can't give up all this. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's a team that knows how to run slants and and all those 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 middle and underneath stuff. Cole knows that's hard to defend if they know what they're doing. You know, that's just one move and boom. The, if the throw's there, you ain't stopping it. So you just try to limit it and keep it in yeah. front of you. But uh, so I, I don't know. But if Auburn can, the key to dialing it up is making sure your back end presence is solid. Yeah, and by the way, another stat here, <clears throat> both Auburn and Penn State are tied for first in the country um, in red zone offense. So red zone uh, percentage, you know, how many times you scored, if you didn't score. They both scored every time, but the only difference is Penn State took a field goal once. Auburn has not done so yet. They have scored on seven rushing touchdowns and eight and one passing touchdown, I think. Hmm. So they're eight of eight of eight through. Both games. are both are eight of eight. Yes. With eight touchdowns for Auburn. Okay. Well, not, not bad. Eight, that. eight six of six. Excuse okay. me. Okay. So when they're getting when they're getting into the red zone, they're scoring right now. We'll see what what happens with that if that changes for either team in this game. 
the statistics through two games are always, you know, yeah, they, the right. sample size is so small. So somebody will say, well, Army's the number one rushing team in the country. And it's like, yeah, but they just played Lafayette and, and Cornell. I mean, you know, it's so, right. you know, it's a little. And I give Penn State a little bit more credit on theirs because they played who who was pretty good. Um, so, you know, that was a decent game for them. And they scored on them when they got the chance. So that they get credit for that. Um, you know, Auburn, Mercer, and San Jose State, it's not as not as good there, so. Hmm. What's next? What do we got? I was trying to pick, pick out my score. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, 47 and a half, that I just, that's hard to, I don't think it's going to be more than that. I mean, it just, I think. I agree. I think this isn't like a 21 17 24 24 20 I guess well that'd be 44 you're getting close but unless there's turnovers or some crazy things I feel like Auburn if Auburn gets to 24 I feel pretty good if they're at 21 or 17 I think that's dicey obviously but I think I feel like if they hit 24 they should be in pretty good shape unless um, the defense doesn't play up to what I think they're going to play. If they give up 20, if I were to use up 24, 27, that would surprise me. I really would. Yeah. Well, yeah. This. I gave does, Auburn, does the defense, does the offense need turnovers? I mean, what they, they're, they're minus four in turnover margin through the first two games. Auburn forces, they force no turnovers. Do they need to? Do they need to be plus in this game, or could they, is there a, is there a way to be minus one in this game and still win, or is this like okay, you've now you're now you're at Penn State, like you you have to you have to win the turnover battle now against these better teams. I mean, can they win this game being minus one or even minus two again? You look at it and you go, is there a way that they're not? You know, with with the way that Finley and Ashford have thrown you know picks. In the way that it seems almost inevitable that it could happen again, you, you don't you don't look at them and go, well, they're not going to throw a pick in this game. Well, they might because they've done it twice, and you know both of them, well, Robbie once, but uh, you know they didn't look good. So it's possible that happens again. Uh, I think it's almost something they're you know having to deal with at this point. Can they win with it? Mm. Is somebody vacuuming? I'm <laughs> trying to figure out the. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, not me, just so you know. You can't see me. I'm just here. I'm not back here. No more lobby. Nobody around me. Thank, thank you. <laughs> it's my realtor maid. <laughs> well, my freezer's beeping because my three-year-old left the door open. Right now. I can hear it. So everything's melting at the moment. So everything's going great. The modcast. <laughs> Okay, Justin, talking about turnovers. Yeah, I mean, I just cannot the turnovers and the penalties last year, uh, last week, bad. inexcusable, Can, bad. cannot happen. And and Keith and I were talking. It's like, man, I'd, I'd like. What do you call it, uh, Keith? The, the hope that Auburn is not as undisciplined is that the lack of the turnovers. The turnovers on offense, the penalties, man, I won't be honest with you. I haven't seen anything that makes me believe. And I haven't seen Penn State. Let me throw that out there, too. I watched a little bit of their Purdue game, but I haven't sat down and studied the film like Cole has. So I don't know how good Penn State is. I really don't. I know that Auburn hasn't shown me anything that makes me believe that they can handle a, 
a top 25 team at home. I don't, man. It's really hard for me to say that Auburn's going to win this football game. I, because what, what, what is it, Keith, if, if I say that Auburn is going to win? What, what did you say that was called? Well, it's kind of a, a leap of faith. Leap of faith. Thank you. Right. Thank you. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but what, Absolutely. Where's, the evidence, where's the evidence taking us? Now, but you can also throw in there is evidence uh, that has nothing to do with these two teams, how they've played so far this year, but the evidence we have of Jordan-Hare being such a tough environment. Factoring that in is fine. That, that's, that's absolutely – I mean, obviously, you have to factor that in. That is a real – that's real – that's quantifiable. There's no doubt. I mean, look what Auburn's done at home in big games, even when they haven't won. I mean, the, first of all, they should have probably beat Alabama last year, right? And, uh, and who, how many of us going into that game thought that that team could beat Alabama? No. no nobody thought it was going to go that way. No. There was nothing that pointed to that game being what it was. Uh, so there's always that, but it is a little bit of a leap of faith. I mean, it, but again, we're we're two games into the season. We don't have a big sample size. What we have isn't that impressive, quite frankly. Uh, you know, Penn State. We I only saw the first game, and they looked okay against Purdue. I mean, there were things that they gave up a lot of yards. There's no doubt about that. But one thing we know about Purdue is they do have pretty good offense, a really good offense, and dating yeah. back the last few years. So, yeah. um, so when you look at it that way, you say, well, they have that one big win, and it was on the road. And granted, playing in West Lafayette is not anywhere near like playing at Auburn, but it's still a road game, your first game of the year. You don't know what you have. You win in and you, and you won in a tough environment. So they've obviously had a little bit more of a, a warm-up than, than Auburn has. But it's still, you know, are y'all laughing at Justin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still, uh, she probably knows more than we do. We, does, she want to, does she have any takes on this game? She probably could predict the score better than us. But, yeah, no, I mean, you, 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 you – She has Aubie. Well, you're taking everything. You're taking all this into consideration. You're saying can Auburn win? Absolutely. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. But then you say why would Auburn win? And it gets a little harder when you do it that way. The only way you can explain why Auburn would win is that leap of faith. It's because I think they're better than they were last week. I think they're yeah. a better football. Team. I think they're you know I think they're not going to make those same mistakes this week. I think the coaches are going to have a great game plan for this Penn State. They've had it circled on the way, and the fans are worth a, a touchdown. Yeah, I, I, there, there are many reasons I could take that, that, that leap of faith and say Auburn's going to win. Now, you want me to sit back and look at the data that I've seen? I, I, I'll be the first one. I got Penn State. I'm going to take Auburn with the points, but I'm going to take Penn State outright. 24-23, the under, it make, uh, I, I get the under at 47, and I take Auburn in the points. Well, hey, Jeff, are you Jeffrey? Are you saying that Auburn's gonna is Penn State gonna win with a late field goal, or is Auburn gonna miss something, or is Auburn gonna not go for two in the third quarter and lose it's by going, one? It's, it's going to come down to the last possession of the game. Oh wow! Uh, Penn State kicks a field goal to win it. Oof. Okay. Auburn, okay. Auburn's leading the entire game. Crowd's pumped. Probably a, a, a late turnover. Or something, I don't know. But Penn State drives and kicks a game-winning field goal to just stick a knife in the, in the, uh, in the beach ball. Bro, I don't even want to imagine this. I'm trying to just take this one week at a time. If that happens, uh, we're going to have to hire a team of moderators. Um, so, and if he misses, I got Auburn 23-21. <laughs> Back up there, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, Jeffrey, I'm kind of on board with you with it coming down to, you know, the last possession or one of the last possessions. Uh, I'm going to be that guy this week. 
and take a leap of faith, as Keith is saying. Uh, I'm going to say Auburn 28-24. said that on a radio show yesterday. I'm going to stick with it. Um, the reason, everybody keeps asking. I mean, we've had a million questions. Are they holding some offense back? Are they doing that? I don't have an answer for you. What we've seen could be Auburn's offense. That could be it. No. I think they're going to open it up more. I think they have more. I think uh, I don't. I don't fully trust T.J. Finley, uh, Robbie Ashford throwing the football yet, but I think they run the ball pretty well. And another game under the offensive line's belt against a front at Penn State that I don't think is you know fantastic. I think they're slightly above average, and that's just from watching the film on them, watching the two games they played. So I'm going to take Auburn 28-24. I think they get it done running the football. Hey, let me throw this in there real quick. I do think we're going to see a lot of option from Auburn. And so, Cole, if you're telling me that Penn State's front average. Yeah, and they're not bad. They're not bad. They're I think we're going to see a lot of option from Auburn. I think they were better last year up front. I think okay. we're going to see a lot more of Ashford and Tank. A lot of option from Auburn. Could be. Yeah, um, I guess I'll go. Um, it feels like the, the line play is sort of, uh, you know, Penn State's D-line isn't their strength, but then Auburn's offensive line certainly isn't its strength. Right. And that feels like a little bit of a wash. Special teams, you know, um, I love Anders. I don't know if he's 100 all the way back, though, right? Uh, that long field goal last week barely cleared, and he usually clears those by 15 yards. Right. Um, so does that does that become a factor? Is it, uh, I don't know. I do feel like this is one of those games where special teams are going to rear its head. Uh, I like the it was it Keontae Scott that had that lengthy return last week. Yeah, I think that 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 could be significant. Even a, in a game like this, so even a twenty or thirty yard play is big. I think that Auburn's capable. They haven't really forced any turnovers, but the crowd will be amped. You get one turnover. You know, deep in the other team's territory and turn that into seven, and that, that flips things around. That said, I think you know, Penn State's sort of been there and done that. They haven't played in an environment like this, but they played in some tough environments. they got a veteran team. Um, again, now back in Auburn's favor, I'm going to go back and forth here. I mean, you remember Manny Diaz as the defensive coordinator at Penn State. Not loving that for Penn State, quite frankly. Uh, oh. I hate to pick on the guy, but, you know, uh, but all you, you, when you just look at everything, I just don't know if Auburn – they're going to have to force a lot of turnovers. I think two or three turnovers, I know that's not a lot, but two or three, flip the field, and then take advantage of them. We haven't seen them create many turnovers this year at all, any at all, excuse me. And then we haven't seen too much big play, too many big plays on offense. So uh, I'd love to pick Auburn, but I'm going to go Penn State 23-17. I, I don't, again, I think Auburn can win. To do that, they're going to have to shorten the field and win special teams because I just don't see them – putting up 400 yards of offense, you know. Maybe I'll be dead wrong. I hope so for Auburn fans. Well, sadly, before the season, I went on a show, and they made me do three guarantees. (laughs) One of them was that Auburn would beat Penn State by double digits. I thought that Auburn would have these first two games and would roll and would bring a lot of momentum into this game. They're 2-0, and but they're not bringing quite the momentum in coming off San Jose State that I thought they would. I thought they'd have the offseason and the optimism, and they'd come in here in the crowd, and I figured they'd put together a game plan and that they could go out there and beat Penn State by 10. Wouldn't necessarily mean they're going to win nine. I just thought this game set up nicely 
I still think it sets up somewhat well, but the, the struggles last week are, have, have given me a lot of hesitation. But I can't back off my prediction now, not until it doesn't happen. So I'll say Auburn wins 24-14. Um, they hold Penn State in check. They force a turnover or two. The crowd's amazing. Uh, all figures ways out to, to get to, to score, you know, uh, three touchdowns and a field goal. And pulls this thing out 24 to, to 14 and at least gets, gets the train back on the track for, for another week until, you know, the next time we have to deal with some drama. I tell you yeah. what, Justin, just, if they went 24-14, I must feel a hell of a lot different about this team and this program seven days from now than I, I do would right too. now. Yeah. yeah. I just can't back off of it now. I already made the prediction, so i gotta, <laughs> I got to stick with it. Well, so, that, yeah. would be, that would be something. That would be something this could be. Well, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. I'm, I'm really more excited about that. I mean, even – I mean, really yeah. last year, you know, Alabama's awesome, but um, other than an Iron Bowl, you know, Ole Miss was a really cool atmosphere last year. But, you know, that kind of that 2.30 CBS feel, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. And uh, I think it's going to be a really, really awesome Penn State coming to town. I mean, first ranked Big Ten team to ever play in Dirt and Stadium. Like, that's a big deal. It's cool. You know, uh, another thing, the last couple of Georgia games weren't as – and Georgia got off to those big leads in bo- both games, right? They just weren't – Yeah. The atmosphere wasn't what we come to expect for that one. So, yeah, you're right, Justin. Yeah. I, I, you cut you off. And you go back to – and, you know, really, USC in 2003 is the last time – I mean, gosh, in, in my – in I don't know, that I've been attending games at Auburn. That's the only other one of a program of this caliber coming into Auburn. I mean, you've had Georgia Tech, Kansas State, West Virginia, but that's not USC, Penn State um, type caliber. Yeah. So it's a cool – it's a historical game. It's a cool helmet game. Um I think Auburn's going to do a fantastic job with the orange out, with, with the marketing and, like, the lighting. I just think they'll probably do a lot of cool things around that. Um, and it's just going to be a super cool atmosphere, assuming Auburn will stay in this ball game and not screw it up early. Um, they get this thing into the third quarter, and it's a tie game. It's going to be, it's going to be an awesome finish. Absolutely. Completely agree. And I can confirm that recruits are absolutely fired up to be there. 100% with all the guys I've talked to in the last couple of days. So you got that going as well. And it be loaded on the sidelines. Yeah, it's going to be one of those games, man. I remember those games you look down, it's just going to be jam-packed. Yeah, yeah, just people. Yeah. Kids and parents. And uh, that's how you knew it was a big game, man. Growing up, I used to look down on the sidelines. And you, the amount of people on the sidelines, that's all you really needed to see. And this is going to be one of those games where there's so many people that tells you, um, the caliber of the game it is, and it's a yeah. Auburn's not ranked, but for where Auburn is, it's a it's a big game. It's a big game. So I, I love going to those big games and seeing Bo there, seeing yeah. there, seeing Bruce Pearl with his shirt off there. You know what I mean? It's a, it is a fun, fun. Play. Tim Cook, Ernie Els. I mean, the amount of people you'll see at these games. It's yeah, just. Okay. And by the way, guys. We're going to see some cool Penn State people there too. Hmm. We're going to see. We're going to probably see a Franco Harris there, and people like that. You know, they got some legends too, by the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's fun. It is. This is something we you know something we haven't talked about. This is something Penn State fans have been looking forward to, and the Penn State program. Yeah, you know, Auburn is a special place, and 
And it means something to them to be able to come down and, and soak all that in too. It, it's not just for us and the Auburn fans and the Auburn players. It's for that program too. And they've been everywhere. They've been everywhere, but they haven't been to Auburn. And it's going to be something really special for them. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing their turnout. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know how many fans they're going to bring, but I am curious if yeah. they bring ten. You know, they bring twelve. I don't. I don't know exactly how many they're supposed to. They're supposed to bring, but I am curious. Well, I talked. Somebody, I talked to somebody the other day, and they said they had a chance to get a late flight down. They had an ability to go to the game. Uh, Penn State person, and is it worth going to? And they said they had. They didn't go when Penn State played. I guess at Bama years ago, and they always regretted it. Right. And, 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 you know, is it worth going to? And, and they were really contemplating this, and they want to be there. And uh, just want to make sure, you know, these things cost money. It's not cheap. Uh, and, but it's uh, – They think they're going to win, though, too. I mean, that, they're, they're looking at this not just as a great trip, but, hey, we're the better team. It's, to yeah. me, it's more reason for them to go. I think you're going to yeah. have an unbelievable turnout from Penn State fans because they think they're going to come down here and win the game. Yeah, they, they probably do. So they're, they're going to show up, I think. What was the Auburn turnout like last year in the Penn State game? I, I can't remember. It was, good. It was really good. I mean, you could see the orange in the upper deck and all the sections. I mean, Auburn probably brought 10. Because yeah. it was one of those games that, you know, it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime type of deal, and I would expect Penn State to do the same depending on whatever the allotment was. I mean, I'm sure Penn State will, will bring that. I mean, it's I mean massive, these games are so cool. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to go to Cal when Auburn plays out there. That's a historic going to be that's, that's going to be a culture shock. I can't, I can't well, wait for 10,000 Auburn fans to roll into Berkeley. Well, yeah. first of all, I, I don't think – I mean, having been out there so many times, I think if you just – I don't know. I think a lot of that's overblown. But I had a, a, a friend at Berkeley call Auburn fans tree huggers. <laughs> well – That makes no sense. Well, at Tumor's Corner, the Tumor's Trees, the, you know what I mean? But it was funny. They can roll it. I mean, that's that's not his, <laughs> no, but the point being, that's a historic, that's a historic stadium up on the hill in Berkeley. You can see San Francisco, and then a couple years after that, guys, we're going to be at the Rose Bowl. We'll all be a little older. Jeff and I will be pushed in in wheelchairs, but it'll be, uh, it'll be. I mean, the Rose Bowl, guys. Remember the last time we were there, Justin? You sat right next to me. It was incredible. Yeah, I love these experiences, and now you're throwing in Oklahoma, obviously, and Texas are going to be in the conference, but. It's just so cool. I wish I could have gone to Penn State. I, I, I wish I could have made that trip. Yeah, me too. I've never been up that way. I would have loved to have gone to that one. It's funny, Justin, you brought up the Auburn-USC game from 2003. Uh, everybody knows I'm the young guy, so that was my first time going to an Auburn game, and I'll, I'll never forget it. It was really your first fun. Auburn game? Sure was. Jeez, what a game. It was rough, man. Very rough. I remember that. <laughs> Man, I remember everything about that game. I remember they came out there and they were going to try to honor Jim Fife by having the crowd yell touchdown Auburn. And what does oh, Auburn do? They don't oh score in the first two games. They don't even score. Um, but, yeah, they got shut out at home in the first game, and that was – Well, hey, before we go, if there was one place that you guys could go to a game to see Auburn play, and I, I know Alan Green told me a few months ago that he had tried so hard to get Notre Dame on the schedule, but he couldn't get them to bite. But – if there was one stadium you guys could go to see, to go to a game, what would it be? It'd be there. Like, I've always thought Notre Dame or Michigan, you know, something something, something, something like that. Notre Dame probably is just – they're independent. That's just something that's just – that would be so extremely rare. I'm kind of jealous that Georgia got to, got to do that. That was incredible when they did. So, I'd go 
I'd go to I'd go I'd go Notre Dame or Michigan probably. I'd, I'd go Michigan. That's who I was thinking. The big house, definitely. I guess it'd have to be Notre Dame for me. What about you, Jeff? Appalachian State, baby. <laughs> Although, have you seen the pictures of their stadium? Like, it looks unbelievable. Like, it I mean, is. I, I, listen, I just spent Christmas, my last Christmas, with my my mother. I, that uh, uh, we we went to Boone and we stayed there and we walked through the town and walked into the stadium and uh, hadn't been there since I was a kid. And it, it is the stadium sat about a hundred people when I was born. And now it's a real stadium right up on the hill there, beautiful town. And it is a cool town, man. It's just got one road, basically, and everything's on that road. So you just park and you walk to 100 shops and restaurants. It's cool. Really cool. Awesome. Well, well, for Virginia Tech, I, I think their atmosphere is awesome. I, I'd, I'd like to go to a game there. The uh, Blacksburg, I think, is where it's at. I, I went to an FSU game there. And, Cole, I want to see you do the hokey pokey after the third quarter. <laughs> I totally they, would. They do that? They do it after Oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that takes you – that that sort of done that, like, offset inner Sandman. Like, if you do that, then it's – Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a letdown, right? You can't brag about inner Sandman anymore. Wisconsin would be somewhere on the – Oh, way. yeah. Another one, yeah, because they do the fourth quarter jump around. That would be cool. Anywhere but Florida. I don't know. What about Florida State? I've, I've never been to their – I mean, I've never really – that would be a cool one, right? Well, you got to go there for a big game. If they're playing Wake Forest, it's empty. Yeah, right. But if they're playing on Auburn, yeah, hell yeah. FSU's got uh, – that's a fun town now, fun place. Yeah. No, Jeff? Jeff's got the <laughs> – I, I, can't, I can't deal with the, the tomahawk chalk. I, I just cannot deal with it. I can't even go to a Braves game. And I can't deal with it. All game long. I don't know. Tennessee's a fun one. You know, there's a there's a lot of great. I mean, obviously that's an SEC school, but there's there's so many great ones. There really are. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be it'd have to be a traditional place. Texas, you know, it'd have to be a place that, um, not just the program but the stadium too. I mean, that that's that's dude, the Rose Bowl was unbelievable. I mean, seeing Auburn in the Rose Bowl was insane. I mean, that was exactly. as cool as it is. You could say in uh, Austin Stadium, Oregon. Was one too. Well, you know, yeah, I throw in Washington right on the water mm-hmm. in Seattle. Yeah. That's an amazing place. You know, there's there's a lot of great ones. I mean, I, I always thought it'd be great if if Army could get in a big school every year up to what is it, Mitchie Stadium, right on the Hudson River. They say there's no setting like that. Have you guys seen BYU's? I mean, that's incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? There's just so many. That's the beauty of college football. It really is. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get out of here. I know everybody's got a lot to do. Um, make sure you go to Auburn Live and subscribe. Seven-day free trial. ton of recruiting information on Adam Hopkins up on the site now. Penn State, obviously, will be a busy Saturday and Sunday with Penn State game coverage and recruiting coverage the next day on a lot of big-name kids coming. So pretty awesome time if you're going to hop on for seven days to hop on now. You'll, you'll learn a lot. I think get a lot of important information. Uh, we didn't even talk about Rich McGlynn taking over the interim AD at Auburn. Um, plenty of time for that. Yeah, plenty of time to talk about that, but that's good to good to get him on board. So, uh, all right, I think that's good. We'll see everybody this weekend. Hope everybody makes it down to Auburn. Be safe. Have a good time. We'll see you over on the corner at auburnlive.com. So next time, bye.